0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Henry DeVries, the CEO of Indie Books International and a close personal friend of mine who I'm delighted to welcome to our show today. Welcome.
1: It's so great to be here, Dan, and to talk about our favorite subject,
0: books. Exactly. And Henry, you've written a number of books that you've used as big business cards. You've helped a lot of other thought leaders and business owners write their own big business card book. So let's start there. What exactly is a big business card book?
1: A big business card book is your best advice on a subject that's of interest to your prospects. So you think about your target rich environment of prospects. What is it something that they want? And then you give them advice on how to get that want in general. And then It leverages your ability to speak and to present and to be quoted, to do podcasts with great guys, and then that attracts people. The more generous you are in giving away valuable information, the luckier you will get in attracting high-paying clients.
0: Now, this is a relatively new concept. How do people respond when you tell them about the idea that they should be writing a book to use as a marketing tool as opposed to the pie-in-the-sky dream of becoming a, a, a New York Times bestseller.
1: Right. That I call that selling the dream, and there's a lot of people out there selling the dream. The reality is a book is the number one marketing tool for an independent consultant, a solopreneur, a service business owner. And then speaking about the book is the number one marketing strategy to attract high-paying clients.
0: Well said. Um, How do you go about deciding the content for the book? Is it the same for everyone or does it differ?
1: It's different for everybody. It starts with their expertise. I tell authors you need to position what you're talking about in the book in terms that the prospect wants. It's not about information they need. It's what is the information they want. What is the outcome that they want? And is it to solve a riddle about something in business? Or is there a prize that they're seeking? Or is there a monster problem they're trying to overcome? The book should offer a promise of who it's for and what's the outcome it can help people achieve.
0: Can you give me an example?
1: Absolutely. So I helped a man named Henry Hutchison, great guy, with his book, The Dirty Little Secrets of Family Business. And Henry works with family businesses, which are huge in the United States. Okay, there's so many. Matter of fact, every business probably started as a family business in one way or another, from Walmart to Indie Books International. Well, Henry works with family business owners and said there's a lot of things that go on with board meetings breaking out in bedrooms and succession plans that are never discussed Uh, so there's a lot of things that are on the undercurrent his book was to help get those issues out in the open so family businesses can discuss them and that's how they can grow and succeed to a next generation there's a saying in businesses um, from rags to riches to rags or from shirt sleeves to tuxes to shirt sleeves in uh, the netherlands it's a uh, from kloppen to cloppen uh, in three generations. Those are wooden shoes for uh, <laughs> those of you who don't speak Dutch.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and when they write these books, uh, how long is it? How, how many words, how many pages is, is?
1: Yes. So my lighthouse recommendation, you know, to guide people in is 20,000 words plus or minus. I call that an airplane book, a book somebody can read from tarmac to tarmac and get a sense of what the book's about. This is what people like Ken Blanchard, who has sold 20 million business books, this is the size of books he's writing these days, because that's the short attention span theater of C-level executives.
0: And how would you go about titling a book? Is it, you know, Henry DeVries's tips on uh, secession planning or is it how to or what's your formula? If there is a formula.
1: Penny Reed is a special woman. Let me tell you about titling her book. Um, She was staring at a stack of unpaid bills on a kitchen table. Didn't know how she was going to pay them. That's when we met. And I said, Penny, what do you know how to do better than anybody in the world? And she said, grow a dental business. Dentists are screwed up people. They borrow all this money to go to school. Then they borrow all this money to open a practice. They think they own a business. A business owns them. They're slaves to the business until they can pay it off or sell it to somebody. Penny said, I know how to fix that. I said, well, bingo, we have a business model. She said, what will the sexy, provocative title of my book be? And I said, well, I got it. Are you ready? Yeah. Growing Your Dental Business. It's what they want, and it's what you know how to do and what the book can deliver on that promise. So a lot of times I like a three- to four-word title. We call it a trifecta title over here. A trifecta means uh, three ways. It does three things. The trifecta is, one, it works as a book title. It's short, three or four words. It is memorable. It works as a speech title, because you should be speaking on that title of your book. Um, Our friend Mark LeBlanc, Growing Your Business, he's given over a thousand presentations on Growing Your Business. The title of his book is Growing Your Business. And then the third part of the trifecta is you can get the dot com URL. So, Mark has growingyourbusiness.com. So, emails go to mark at growingyourbusiness.com. So, those three things should work in unison. If you say, Oh, somebody else has the dot com URL, I say, Get another title. Because all your promotion will be doing is promoting that person's website. There are more than one way. What is that expression, Dan? More than one way to skin a cat. I don't know why people want to skin cats. But anyway, there's more than one way to do things. And I think there's more than one successful title out there. But certainly titles like Think and Grow Rich have done very well.
0: Okay. Um, I'm thinking of a prospect that I had who is a lawyer and he's in a... uh, um, What's the word for the lawyers? The... um, I'm in here. Anyway, he's a lawyer who, uh, accident cases, dog bites, motorcycle accidents, car accidents, uh, personal injury attorney. Okay.
1: Personal injury right. attorney, okay.
0: yes. And he came to me and he said, um, I was in another firm and they used this book as a big business card to get business. And it really worked. And I, I want to do the same thing here. And I looked at the book and it was basically everything you want to know about dog bites, cat bites, motorcycle accidents, car accidents, whatever. Um, like a NOLO press book. It had absolutely nothing to do with how good the firm was. So I thought, okay, we can write a chapter about you know this guy's mission and why he wants to help people. That would always be good. And we can have another chapter on 10 questions to ask before you hire a personal injury attorney. And I think this, is, this speaks to a lot of people in our audience because they say, gee, what do I re- really write about? Because what I, what I know is just so arcane, people don't want to know everything you just know about dog bites or motorcycle accidents what other kinds of chapters or information would you put into a book where the reader really is, has one need, say, it could be the work same for a chiropractor, you know, talk about shoulder exercises or knee problems, you know, it's, it's too arcane. What would you do to advise them on the content for the, for a book like that?
1: Basically it's like a three act play. It's the three part structure. And the first part is why? As Simon Sinek, the best-selling author, says, start with why. So why is this a problem that you're talking about? Why do people care about it? Why would a reader want to solve this problem? So that's either talking about a problem that all the readers say, Oh, yeah, that that really nailed my problem, or gee, I didn't know that was that big a problem. I didn't know I might run into problems with this. The second part is how. So it's how to solve that problem. So what are the steps? I worked with an attorney who was a family law attorney, and he said, oh, all us family law attorneys, we all practice law the same way. I said, I bet you don't, but let me go through your process. And I identified nine steps he had, and he was always trying to Not go to court. The last step was what would happen if you had to go to court. I said, there's your process, and there are nine chapters, and you could talk about that, and you could tell stories about people you've helped. Go from mess to success. The third part is what's next. Okay, it's a problem. Now I know how to do it. I'm implementing this, Uh, but the course of true love does not run smooth. So we need to troubleshoot problems. We need to build a sustainable culture to keep this going. We need to look on the horizon for future trends or issues that might come up. So the what's next chapters are at the end. There's always a good chapter at the end that ties it all together. Now, one more thing to your point, Dan. This is not a book that is bragging about the firm and how great they are or the person. However, their defining story needs to be in the book. I like to put it in part one, usually in chapter two, where the person tells their story on how they became interested in this particular topic. Because if you're going on a guided journey, you want to know who the guide is. A book is a guided journey and At some point, not on page one, that's a mistake, and not just in the about the author section, I want to know who is this person who's telling me this advice. So you need to have that in there, and that also is a big credibility builder. It's always good to have it be a mess to success story. May I go on with the mess to success? I don't want to dominate it. Uh One financial advisor, he said, no, my life's been great. No messes. I just went into financial advising to make money. When I probed and digged with him, I found out that his grandfather got a large settlement as a trucker, spent all the settlement, died. His grandmother was forced to sell the love of her life, her little cafe that she ran in Illinois. And he said, you know, that day I vowed, I don't want this to happen to anybody else's grandmother. I said, bingo, we have your defining story.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So the book is a marketing tool. I'm wondering how much, if any, of the text itself does overt selling or is it covert selling or what do you use? What do you tell your clients to do to let people know that, hey, I actually do this kind of work. You should hire me.
1: The covert selling, if you will, are the stories you put in. And you don't have to identify clients by name. You can say Maria, not a real name. Uh, The stories are true in this book, but their facts have been changed to protect confidentiality. Uh, But you tell stories where the heroes of the story are your clients, and they had a nemesis or a challenge or a problem to overcome. And then you're in the stories as the mentor character. The Penny Reed story, Penny's the hero. She succeeds and makes $200,000 a year. I'm sorry, she just corrected me. She's making $280,000 a year using what I taught her in that book as the business card. Penny's the hero of the story. I'm the mentor character. If she's Luke Skywalker, I'm Yoda. I gave her the wisdom and experience and told her how to solve the problem. She followed it and succeeded. So that drops clues to the readers that, oh, this person is not a theory person or this person's not like a professor or a reporter who just tells other people's stories. He's in the arena, as Theodore Roosevelt would say. He's in the arena helping people, and it gives them clues that, oh, this is a person who can get me from where I am right now to where I want to go.
0: Nicely done. Let's switch gears now and talk about how you can overtly use the book in marketing. So you've worked with a client or you you have your book. um, And how do you let the world know that you have this book and that you you want to be hired for your specialty?
1: Well, let me talk about the big three things. I did a 10-year research study on this, $3 million poured into it and found the top three things you can do. Number one, have small-scale seminars with four to eight people on the topic of the book. Um, They might be breakfast briefings. They might be lunch and learns. They might be afternoon events. For some target audiences, you need to do them on Saturdays. But you do your events. Saturdays, by the way, I don't recommend. A lot of people, for religious reasons, don't do things on Saturday. So if you can, try to get your thing in between uh, Tuesday to Friday. Mondays are horrible for everything. Okay, but you're putting on small-scale seminars. Title of your book is the topic, and it's a roundtable discussion, and you're giving them valuable information from the book. You might even give everybody a copy of the book. You get a discussion going. Number one thing you can do. And I got this from David Meister, who taught at the Harvard Business School, who wrote books like... Managing the professional service firm. He got it from uh, McKinsey Consulting. They invented this when they invented consulting. Number two is you need to get booked as a speaker. And there's a lot of leverage potential you have as the author of a book to get booked as a speaker. And sometimes you get paid, sometimes you waive your fee for the right opportunity, to the right audience. I teach, and we don't have time to go into it now, I teach 16 different ways that you can get booked and be paid to speak to promote your book and what you're doing. Then the third thing is get published. Now, you already have a book, but that book has so much potential to be excerpted and republished. So you can start with your LinkedIn blog. You can ask to guest blog for other people. You can do what I've done and I've worked my way up to where I'm paid to write seven columns a month for Forbes.com. And you can work your information in there. At the very least, it always has the blurb at the end of the article that you're the author of this book that also leads people to your website and more information. So those are the three top things you can do. Get published, get invited to speak, and put on small-scale seminars.
0: Very good. Um, one final question before we wrap up, and that is the whole idea of ghostwriting. At what point do your clients say, I can't do this? Or do you say, you can do this, I can help you along the way, you can write this? At what point uh, do you, does it become, I'll take it off your hands for you because this is too much.
1: Dan, once I got a phone call and the person said, is this Henry DeVries? And I said, yes, it is. He goes, Henry DeVries, the ghostwriter? And I said, well, yes, I am. And he said, my story takes place in a mansion on Halloween. It's a stormy night, and they're having a seance, and they're trying to contact the dead owner of the mansion. And I said, i got to stop you there. I'm not that kind of (laughs) ghostwriter. So by definition, a ghostwriter in a business book is somebody who works with the expert, the, the person who has the information, and they're a writing tool to help them get it down on paper. And that's one way to go. Uh, another way to go is what I call the misery approach, is you just go to a cabin up in the north woods or the mountains, and you don't come out till the book's done. I named it after the Stephen King novel and movie in the same name. <laughs> I don't recommend it. The third approach is to work with a developmental editor, somebody who's a co-creator who will brainstorm the structure. Um, That person knows business books and what works. Uh, They'll give you feedback on if it's good, if it's not good, if it's original or if it's not. One of my authors, and I love the guy personally, but he was writing here about you must work on your business, not just in your business. And I said, that was great. When Michael Gerber wrote it, mm-hmm. um, you can't claim his intellectual property, so sometimes you know, he just heard it in the ether and you know, thought he'd write it down. So that developmental editor will help challenge you on things and to keep the book professional. So now, who hires me as a ghostwriter? CEOs of big companies because they are it would be. CEO malpractice for them to take the time to write a book. But it makes a lot of sense for them to sit down with a ghostwriter, invest some time with them, invest time as editing to get their book done. Uh, One of my CEOs, Greg Alcorn, did it. The book is Seven Dumb Things We All Say. He runs one of the biggest call center companies in America and now the book is helping him get speaking engagements. And really, what he wants to do is land another big account like Bank of America or the New York Transit Center. Um, that, so that book is his business card. He's doing the speeches. He's very clear on the goal, and he was very clear that it would have been wrong um, for the the stake shareholders, excuse me, the shareholders of his company would have been outraged if he was taking that much time to write a book. Um, sometimes attorneys who make three to $500 an hour, not a good use of their time when they can bill clients, but a book is still something they want. Uh, so that's a time to call in a ghostwriter.
0: Excellent. Henry, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Thank you. Um, IndieBooksInternational.com. That's I-N-D-I-E Books, B-O-O-K-S-I-N-T-L.com. I have a free weekly tip that goes out. Uh, We don't sell the list or spam people. But once a week, you get a two-minute read on an idea. Um, Also, uh, there's information that if you have a book idea and you want a 30-minute no-cost strategy session with me, uh, I do those. My only catch is I only have so many appointments in a month, so you might have to get on a list to get on one of those calls. Um, But I'm happy to talk to people. I just find the more generous I am, the luckier I get.
0: Thank you very much, Henry, for joining us today and sharing this valuable information. And thank you, everyone, for joining with us today. We'll see you next week when we interview another top business leader who will share with you information on how they used a book to build their businesses. Thank you. This is Dan Janelle, the author of Write Your Book in a Flash. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book, but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.